anybody has it hanging, has it happening. You guys know who it is. This is Kevin from the Code Progression Podcast. Brought to my MSOGD rocks for rock and metal thrive. Wish you guys a happy, again, close to the end of the year. We are almost through 2020. And we've got an incredible episode for you once again. This is our fifth episode with MVK Music Group fans, and they are absolutely incredible. I said bands. Yes, I did. Not fans. Bands. And this one comes to you out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The band Ventress with their Southern flair on hard rock and heavy metal. Trust me, you guys want to listen to these guys when Ben and Jesse join the show. I want to give Ben and Jesse a huge amount of thank you for this episode because I had an incredible time with this conversation. I know you will as well, where we talk about all these different concert stories, all these different mosh pit stories, and also really talk about why so many bands can be on so many different tours. And it works out so damn well, because again, it all depends upon how the energy flows. Also want to thank these guys as well for being on because they were absolutely troopers through this. I mean, I know it's warm down there boys, but thank you for being on the show. Please welcome Jesse and Ben for the band Ventress. Are you guys ready? Let's go. Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast, this is part number five of our interview series with the MVK Music Group Bands. And we got yet another one. They're coming out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And they've got this Southern hard rock and metal mix in there. Influenced by bands like Trivium, Avenge Unfold, and All That Remains. Yes, I looked this up to make sure that I got this right. And if I didn't, they're going to make fun of me for it. So please look at the guys from Ventress. So guys, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. What's up? How are you? You're not making fun of me at this point. So I think I got that right. Yay! Yeah, you can get it. Good. Well, this is always one way I like to start out these podcasts, especially with bands that I like to get people in the know with. Just a little bit more on your guys' side as well. So I'm going to go from one of you guys to the next, and we're just going to see how this goes. So I want you to introduce yourselves with these three things. The first two are easy. The last one's always the funnest. First, I want to know what your name is. Second, I want to know what you do in the band. And third, I want to know, go on full on like, you know, High school, like welcome week of college stuff. Like I want to know a little fun fact about yourself. But the key is, I want to be the wackiest thing that you guys can think of. The wackiest fun fact. I've had people talking about their famous like Twitter cats or Instagram dogs or their like YouTube personality um, careers before they were in bands. My favorite is always the Tinder bio. So I've actually had a lot of people give me their Tinder bios. Those are always the best, and then I always share mine as well because well. Why not? But I'll let you guys take it away. Whoever wants to start. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, my name is Ben Jewell. I am the singer of the band Ventress. Funny, wacky fact about me, man. I got a few of those, actually. Um, I guess one thing that's like that kind of makes me stand out is whenever I was six years old, I was uh, on our local news station for naming all of the presidents in al- not alphabetical order, in order of like when they were president. Uh, the videos on YouTube, um, I was, shoot. It was uh, right after George Bush got elected, so it's around 2001. So uh, yeah, that's a that's a wacky fun fact. A fun Tinder bio is uh, I do have because I'm six foot eight. That uh, I have a little Jesus. pointer that says uh, if you have low feeling low ceiling fans, to make sure you swipe left because those things are scary. <laughs> oh my god, I had no idea that you were six eight. I mean that is that is insane. You could probably you know dunk on every other lead singer of every other band that you see. That's right. And they're all going to be crying because they just got dunked on. (laughs) 
Oh god, and we even got the Tinder bio in there too. Oh, this man. is already making me a happy man with this podcast. But now, Jesse, you got to top that man. Oh man, it's it's hard to top Ben. I mean, he's he's six foot eight, dude. Dude's <laughs> giant. So uh, yeah, so I'm Jesse Newman. Uh, I play guitar and backup vocals in the band. <clears throat> I don't really have like something weird about me. I mean, I I'm just a weird person in general. Like uh, like I don't know any really big like facts like as a kid or, or I can't pop Ben. That that's just like cool as fuck. But uh um there is an inside joke going around that I was once a former Christian rapper and I spit bars for the Lord himself. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I mean you're kinda of uh, me down right there because that sounds like it would be something incredibly interesting as a fun fact. I mean if you could just put out a quick little Christian <laughs> rap album and then it could be completely true. I actually, honestly, I actually thought about it. I was like, do I actually want to do that? Like, do I want to put myself out there like that? Do I want to promote myself as a Christian rapper? And I'll, you know, there was a few times uh, where I was telling Ben, I was like, you know what? I should just maybe one song, just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just like spitting bars, you know, and just do it. Them- I was saying, just follow the formula that South Park put out with there with the Christian songs. All you have to do is take a popular song and change the word baby to Jesus. <laughs> it worked for Creed. <laughs> yeah, it worked for Creed. It worked for Creed. <laughs> worked for Creed. Oh, well, but oh, I wait, wait, think... hold on. Who's, who's that guy in South Park uh, who's, who does like the weird noises like, duh, duh. oh, Jimmy? Huh? Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. He's my favorite one. That shit's hilarious. <laughs> I just always, every time, he's just like, you're a You're a continuing source of inspiration. <laughs> I don't think she got the message. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, I mean, because Ben gave his Tinder bio, I feel like I have to reciprocate, and I want to make sure I get this right. So let me pull out my phone real quick, because I've had it on there for, God, I think at least ever since I was in like maybe a senior in college or no not a senior yeah. in college i was in a relationship at the time after i got out of that relationship and i put it back on so i just want to make sure i get it right because it is one of my favorites and all my bio says is a blind woman once told me i looked like her son <laughs> <laughs> that, that, i don't know how i would take that <laughs> and that is actually a true story at the same time as well Wow. Okay. Hey, that's always a plus whenever you can use a phony Tinder bio as a true thing. It it happened at a grocery store about five, six years ago. I was putting out, uh, I was stocking beer because that was my summer job, like in between, uh, school years in college. And some woman just came up and told me that. And I looked at her and she would like, I was blind and had like the cane. I'm just thinking, wait a minute. And you said, I look like you're, how do you know this? Just, I, I was perplexed for like 20 minutes and then all of a sudden I'm like I don't know if it was real but I'm just going to take it as a joke but it is fantastic it's a great compliment it's a- it, it, it really is and I'm going to take I take it in full stride and I've had people ask me it's like what was that like and they're like or it's like oh haha funny joke I'm like no that's actually a true story it really is damn <laughs> But enough about crazy Tinder bios and, you know, low ceiling fans be- and Christian rap albums, even though I that sounds absolutely fantastic. All of a sudden, just 
rap and all of a sudden every time you say something like baby just all of a sudden yeah jesus oh lord and savior oh something like that but let's actually talk let's actually talk about ventress because that seems like why we're here and that's really what we want to get people into is your music so and i almost just knocked my whole entire microphone set off and that would have been awkward but you know what you'd have kept rolling anyway to help it then like okay so uh we gotta gotta keep going but so when it comes to Ventress, first thing I want to know is, is how did this whole entire thing get started? Because I was trying to find as much information as I could about the band to talk about it with you guys, but there wasn't a lot that I could find. So I want to know the story. How did Ventress come to form? Okay. How much time we got? Uh, let's see. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So the band was conceived in 2012. It was uh, kind of branched off from the band that I had started previously my sophomore year of high school, which was called Embrace Goodbye. Um, I found a new set of members and we didn't we, we, we understood that we didn't want that name and we needed something different, something that like represented us. And uh, we came up with the name Ventress. And what Ventress means is Ventress is where we started practicing in Ventress, Louisiana. However, it's spelled differently. Uh, Ventress, Louisiana is V-E-N-T-R-E-S-S. And obviously our band is V-E-N-T-R-U-S-S. So that was about my senior year of high school. Um, we've gone through numerous lineup changes and, uh, it, this lineup that we have now has been, uh, has been together for about two years now, um, as a whole, as a whole unit. Um, so yeah, we started in 2012, played shows here and there, and we played house of blues, new Orleans, all over the Southeast, Southwest, um, making a name for ourselves, playing with national bands such as hell. Yeah. All their remains, um, puddle of mud, even cannibal course, even, um, and, uh, you know, we've gone through a lot of trials and tribulations and, and a lot of hardships, you know, with uh, with members and uh, just things not coming our way. But, uh, you know, we, we held on to our own ground. And uh, here we are eight years later, almost nine, um, you know, fighting the power and, and, and keeping our band alive and uh, keeping this keeping this entire project alive. Because, I mean, I've, seen, I've had a vision in it even whenever the band started that I just knew something was special about this and I really just did not want to let it go. So I didn't even want to even though I'm the only one left, I didn't want to take, and I didn't even come up with the name also, but I didn't want to take that. I didn't want to throw away the name and start something different. You know I mean? I've already like kept this brand the way it is. And um, why change it? You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, like, I mean, obviously this band has been broken many times, but we fixed it. And uh, here we are today. And um, man, you know, there's a lot we can really say, you know, to to keep it, to keep it like to the bare minimum. Um, we've been together for eight years um we've always been based out of baton rouge or the baton rouge area uh and uh we're here to make some noise and uh get out there well definitely it seems like that with making some noise again with those bands that you mentioned playing with bands like hell yeah all that remains specifically because i saw that influence by all that remains it had to be some great connection right there and whenever I think of All That Remains, I still think of the song Six because it was like a bonus song, Guitar Hero 2. My brother would just not stop playing. Yep. I'm just like, okay, uh, dude, um, can we play just like a different – or it might have been Guitar Hero 3. I don't remember. I don't remember which one. It was two or three it was on there. That's all I, where I remember. Most of the it, time was I was just, it was two. It was two? Okay. Because I'm it like, was it was two. either on the same one that Per the Refugee Verizon Against was on as a bonus track or it wasn't. I just didn't No, that was, one was that was three. three. Yeah, that was three. Uh, six was two. Uh, I think two also had Beast and the Harlot, John the Fisherman. Um, shoot, what uh, else? Monkey they? Wrench it had like on there. Lines by Shadows Fall was on there. Uh, uh, and then three that had Megadeth. What's that? They had Megadeth on there. Oh, yeah, with yeah. 18. Got to throw them boys in. Oh, Can't yeah. 
Can't leave out Papa. <laughs> <laughs> no, you cannot. But it seems like one thing that ended up happening was was you had that vision in with this band where it had definitely more of a hard sound to it because with that initial band name that you had, what was it, Embrace Goodbye? Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm not going to lie, that does sound like a great name for like an alt-rock band just because it has a little bit more of this softer, maybe just a little bit more calmer feel to it at the same time as well. But then you get Ventress and just kind of like that just trust kind of thing. It kind of just has yeah. that initial hard feel to it so that you definitely can get that harder sound coming through it. And it's something that when people look at the name, not going to lie, that's going to be one thing that they're expecting right away is just from that, from the suffix on it, honestly. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. We felt like with whenever, I mean, even as being young and, you know, most of them were fresh out of high school. I was still in high school. You know, we knew that Embrace Goodbye did not fit what we were trying to do. So um, and we wanted something, one word, simple, and something that meant something to us. And Ventress, you know, just so happened to be that. And I didn't, Ventress, Louisiana was like where my grandparents lived when I was a kid. They, they, didn't, they don't live there anymore, but like, it, it was just so like, I would have never thought that like that little bitty place with like not even a thousand people would, you know, uh, like have this much meaning to me this far in my life. You know, I didn't realize I'd be saying this word every single day and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful for everything. And, you know, like you never really know what kind of turns life is going to give you. And uh, I mean, here I am repping Ventress every day of my life. They say you can't forget where you came from. And I mean, I obviously cannot because the name is in the band, you know. Oh, easily. You can't forget where you came from. I mean, you basically are saying the name of the, that band. You're basically saying the name every single day. It's become a part of you at this point. So that like your past is your like your past is still connected to you, but it's a past that isn't something that's like I'm gonna say something real detrimental or something that's gonna be real damning. It's gonna be something that actually has a lot of positive. Uh, I almost said positive, but uh, positive meaning. <laughs> I just, I, if I mess up on this podcast, I'll call myself out. And that's, I was like, I just almost said positive. <laughs> Why not? It's funny. But that's kind of where I'm looking at it, where you're continually embracing your past, but also making sure that it's embraced in the best light. And one thing that I did like about what you said as well is right at the beginning, when it came to Ventress, you had this vision and you weren't gonna let it go. And it was something that even with Embrace Goodbye, with that kind of a name, you knew it didn't fit, but it was either go with what the fit for that name was or go with the fit for the sound was. And you kept on what you want to do, which was that sound. You kept working at it, even maybe as members are coming and going. And maybe some members didn't want to do, maybe some members wanted to do something even harder, but you kept to what you wanted to do to the point where I mean, up here in Milwaukee, I have never seen your name pop up, but when I was looking you guys up online, seeing with all the bands you played and where you've played, it seems like that southeastern part of the United States doesn't seem like you guys are a real local band. It seems like a real regional band is the best way to describe it as well, because it seems like a southeastern United States region kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I totally agree with you on that. And, and Jesse, I'm pretty sure you can uh, vouch for that as well. Jesse also lived, when Jesse first joined the band, he was living in the Gulf Coast of Mississippi. And, you know, even before Jesse's in the band, you know, I had tons of friends out there. Every time we play out there at some, we, we can play anywhere and we'll feel like a local band. Uh, it, it's just like, you know, we, we may, we're, we're very, we're very friendly folk and, uh, you know, we, we build connections anywhere we go. And, yo, yeah, absolutely. I agree. We're more of a region. That, that's the thing too is is uh for me on my half like <clears throat> i just want to i just want to get this out there uh yeah. i'm a jersey boy um so that's i've lived in new jersey for most of my life 
which is, you know, a stretch considering I'm now in Louisiana and I'm a Southerner and it's two different worlds. Um, but yeah, uh, just something to go off of is like, you know, what I, I had a lot of family issues and eventually, you know, uh, led to me having to move a lot. And I moved to Mississippi because uh, that, that was just where my side of the family lived. Um, and, you know, I was always looking for that, that, that band. Like I, I already knew individually, like I can, I can hold my own. Uh, but I wanted to be in a band that can hold their own as well and not have to deal with, you know, immaturity and, and, you know, just a lot of the bullshit a lot of bands go through. So when I got with Ventress, it was like a whole other, just a whole like new beginning for something bigger. And I felt so happy and content. Um, but even still, like going back to what we were saying, like I know people up in Jersey in the northern region that I don't even know that just heard about us and they're like, you're Jersey boy. Like, so like we, we're, we're making our way slowly, but surely, you know, it's just hard. Cause like, I feel like Mississippi and Louisiana are kind of like two states. Not everyone hears about all the time. And, you know, it's, it's hard representing, you know, a state where people can, I feel can be a little overshadowed, but like, uh, we're 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 making it. We're trying to make the right moves, you know. <clears throat> well, that's understandable as well because you think about Mississippi, you think about Louisiana. I'm gonna say Louisiana specifically. When you think about culture, and you think about music, you think about anything that comes out of New Orleans, and you're definitely thinking more of that jazz scene as well. Yeah. So when it comes to Louisiana, that's definitely what you're stuck in with. And when it comes, and that's just that's not something that we know it's gonna be that way that everyone's gonna follow. But it's just when people think about that's the first thing their minds go to yeah. with Mississippi. I'm thinking more of just like more of like a country kind of vibe as well. So, mm-hmm. you're, so when it comes to rock and metal or any kind of influence from that subgenre, you're not really going to get that. However, when you go to the Southeastern United States, I mean, Florida is a hotbed for rock and metal with a lot of bands coming out of there, like Trivium and Data, remember under oath. And that's just to name a couple of them. So you're getting a, a good amount of bands that, are that have that influence in the southern United, southeastern United States, but most of the time, yeah. again, it really centers in Florida. But mm-hmm. yeah, but again, Texas. One, oh oh yeah, in Texas too. Oh my god, yeah, Texas, Texas is a big one. <laughs> yeah, I even uh, throw Georgia out there. You know, Atlanta. Well, Atlanta at least. I was gonna say the reason I went throw out Atlanta there is because whenever I think of Atlanta, I'm always thinking of the emerging hip hop scene out there. So that's kind of like again, same thing with like Louisiana with New Orleans, where everyone's thinking about jazz because that's the first kind of music on their mind when they think of New or- Louisiana, which goes to New Orleans. That's kind of how the mind works in terms mm-hmm. of a again someone that's not from the area, aka me. But when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to Georgia as well, first thing I'm thinking about is always thinking about Atlanta and always thinking about the all the hip hop artists that are coming out of Atlanta at this time. So. I'm not discounting that Georgia not having great rock and metal bands, but it's just when people think about it, that's where their mind goes to right away, especially oh, yeah, if you're yeah. not from that area. Absolutely. Oh, I, I totally it's agree. It's definitely like a culture thing. It's a very culture thing. I mean, like there, I can name a lot of country bands down here in the South, but I can't really think of that many up in like Boston or, you know, it's just like a culture thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, I was gonna say when you come up north, like where I'm in Milwaukee, where it's I'm not gonna use Milwaukee, I'm just gonna use the northern Midwest, specifically Chicago, because with 
when it comes to it, like rock and metal, whenever I'm thinking of bands, I'm always thinking of bands that come out of Chicago. And some of my favorite bands even come out of Chicago. Bands like Chevelle, Disturb was originally founded in Chicago. My favorite band of all time, Rise Against, is is from Chicago. So it's just the weird when you're thinking of like more of that rock and metal scene, you're mostly thinking more northern in the United States. You're thinking place like again here, Wisconsin. You're thinking Illinois, specifically Chicago. You're thinking Minnesota. You're thinking Michigan, Ohio, because Ohio yep. had Attack, Attack, and it has Beartooth. So there's a big oh, yeah. mix right there. Oh, so oh, yeah. and, and mushroom. I'll, Mushroomheads, and then even go to the northeastern United States where you have Pennsylvania with bands like, I mean, just thinking of ones that I really know off the top of my head, Motionless and White. If you go to Massachusetts, I mean, think Boston, I mean, band always comes to my mind right away is Ice Nine Kills. So you just, oh, there's yeah. definitely that heaviness in more of the northern Midwest and the northeastern part of the United States. When you're going down south, you're getting more of that more country kind of vibe, especially even in Texas as well. Again, yeah. Louisiana always thinking of jazz because of New Orleans. When I was talking about um, Georgia, again, Atlanta with the hip-hop scene, that's kind of where your mind goes. Florida is the ultimate wild card in this because there's so many different styles going on, and there's so many great rock bands that come out of Florida as well to the point where I'm not saying that it's like, especially with Southern rock and metal, if it's not from Florida, it's like it just it does get overshadowed because everyone doesn't think of it first on their mind. However, it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be discounted as well because there are a lot of great bands that come out with some of that Southern rock flair that really do stand out. I mean, hell, take a look at one of the biggest rock bands in the 70s with Leonard Skinner. I mean, the Southern rock thing was their thing, and so many people love oh, it yeah. because of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, man. And then, yeah, Florida's a big melting pot. I mean, you never really know what the hell's going to come out of there. I mean, Limp Biscuit came out of Florida. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah came out of death metal like death metal's huge in florida that that's kind of like actually i talked about wisconsin earlier our bass player is uh his favorite band is a death metal band out of wisconsin called jungle rot so okay. uh so yeah 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 that's like you know I think, like i don't know of much bands that come out of wisconsin but i mean i when i think wisconsin metal i think jungle rot or uh God, what's an, oh what's that band uh they had that hit uh it's like hey, it's my desert blister in the sun they're from milwaukee i know that oh I know what you're talking about. I can't. I can't think of their name. I was like, really the only big Milwaukee band that I know of that's really made it big has been in the rock and metal scene. Has been the Violent Femmes. That's who it is. The Violent Femmes. Okay, yeah, that's who I thought yeah. it was going to be. But yeah, yeah that's the one that really sticks up. But whenever I think of it, I'm always thinking bands that are like for the for the Midwest, like Northern Midwest. I'm always thinking bands that come out of Chicago. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Chicago is like a big melting pot for that too. You know, now at least, and, and, and yeah, Disturb, Rise Against, of course. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll say even think even go over to Iowa too, where you have bands like Slipknot because they came out of Iowa, and then there's a a band that just came out, their debut album came out this year, a band called Saul. Holy shit! Saul is badass. Yeah, oh hell yeah! I love. I had him on the podcast right before the album came out too, and it was just it was a short episode, but it was so much fun talking about it as well. So I'm just like, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but ba- again, back to ventures. But when it comes to the whole entire Southern rock thing. It's you're going around it the same way that a lot of other bands, every single other band has to go around it where you start out and you start out small, you start out locally, and then slowly you start expanding your reach. All of a sudden, you become more of just like it, more of this band that sticks within your state, but you're more well known within the scene within your state. Then you expand more to other states, more to a certain region, which seems like where you guys are at right now with yeah. the southeastern United States. However, like Jesse was saying, there are people in more northeast, especially New Jersey, that are starting to hear your name and listen to your music and then realizing that Jesse is originally from Jersey. So there's that connection there. So now you're starting to creep your way up the East coast at the same time as well. And this isn't, this isn't saying, you know, you guys should completely be blowing up at this point, but what it's, what I'm saying is 
you're, the way that your band is growing, you're growing at a consistent rate and you're following along a path that a lot of bands previously have grown where they started out locally, made a little bit more of a bigger impact, went regionally, and now are going into other regions of the United States as well, potentially then to go nationwide. Oh, absolutely. Ooh. I mean, coronavirus, I mean, if somebody catches wind of it, it's just going to spread. And oh, uh, yeah. you, know, it's, you have somebody you might play for in Florida that has friends that are listening to that style of music that live in Maine or something like that. And they see your show and they're going to love it. They're going to tell your friends, holy shit, I just saw this band out of Louisiana last night. Check them out. And uh, oh, yeah, I mean, it's like the coronavirus. The more you go around, the more it's going to spread. So uh, and yeah, like like we've never even played. We've never played Jersey. We never played New York City. But, you know, people are catching wind of our name up there. And uh, little do you know, I mean, not little do you know, but, you know, in time, That'll spread to yeah. Boston and then all of the New England and then uh, into like, you know, Ohio and uh, Indiana, and, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, then they'll come my way and then they'll go out even further west to the point where all of a sudden the continuous for or the contingent 48 United States, whatever the hell they want to call them, but the continental right. 48 also, States, whatever it is. Also, but, uh, I want to shout out for uh, Jared Dines. Um, do you know who Jared Dines is? I'm pretty sure you might know. But... Why? Why? I, I I know the name I, for some reason. I'm not making the connection with the band though. Oh, okay. He uh he's a YouTuber um and he posts like a lot of like comedy musical stuff on his YouTube um but he he's got like two million subscribers and uh he, he's kind of he's getting out there like uh Trivium right when uh Matt Heapy uh just had his kids <clears throat> um. You know, he basically was on tour doing like a little like tour run with them. Um, and when Matt Heafy basically had to leave, Jared Dines and uh, Howard from uh, Killswitch uh, basically covered for Matt Heafy. So he's he's getting out there like he, he's like pushing his, you know, you know, his uh, market. Um, with that being said, like he was down on tour with his uh, old band called Rest Repose. Um, and I basically got an opportunity to go to the show. And like, they are like the nicest, genuine people like you'll ever meet. Uh, they don't have any ego. Like, they're just so fucking cool. Uh, am I allowed to cuss? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, you're allowed to cuss. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Um, yeah, with that being said, like, I, I made friends with them, and, like, I'm friends with them on Facebook and gave them our shirt, and uh, he was very generous and kind enough to, to wear our shirt on one of his videos uh, featuring o uh, Ola England, um, who is, like, like the another genuine YouTube sensation. Uh, he's uh, Swedish, but uh, he, they're, all of them are just so fucking cool. But it was cool to see like him spread uh, our, like our shit, you know, on his video and, and rep representing us in his area. Uh, and he lives in Seattle, or I think the suburbs of Seattle uh, in the northern west. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> oh, so oh, like wow. th that's just our goal is to just kind of make as many connections as possible and, and just not have not be dicks, just all be cool with you know all the bands because we're in it for the same reason i hope so but like <clears throat> you know that's that's just the goal is just to, to keep making connections and and get more nationwide and hopefully hopefully international and, and try to make this a living you know 
And it seems like the way that things are going and the mindset that you guys have all together really is working for you to reach that goal. Because uh, like Ben had said earlier, where it was just continually uh, focusing in on the sound and knowing what you guys are doing. And then Jesse, you're talking about joining the band and just enjoying it because all the bullshit that a lot of peep bands go through when new members join or just trying to get through certain things that yeah. was not there. Cause it seems like you guys consistently have this focus on the music. So you're always going to be focused on there and focused on what's going to be best for the band going forward. And that kind of focus is going to allow you to continue to grow into these certain places. So like when Jared Dines wearing your shirt on one of your, uh, during the show or on one of your videos, Holy crap. That's going to get a lot of attention because people are going to be looking at that, especially on YouTube. I mean, a lot of those YouTube reactors that like are reacting to certain uh, videos or certain bands. If you're reacting to a video, reacting to a song, that's great. If you're also wearing the shirt on a completely different unrelated video, that's great too, because people are seeing the name and then they're going to get interested as, okay, why is Jared Dines wearing your shirt? Who is this band? And then they're going to go check them out. Is it going to be everybody? It's probably gonna be less than 1% that do that. However, that's still a number of people that are going to end up checking out your stuff based on what essentially is free publicity all because you guys are genuinely nice guys and people like hanging around you at shows and people like playing shows with you guys. So they're just basically doing this because they want to see your band grow and become not just a regional band, but become a nationally known or an internationally known band at the same time as well. Yes, absolutely. You know, and uh, you got to hustle, man. You know, I I do that on Shiprock, burnt with it when it comes to burning demos taking our own CDs, T-shirts, anything, and just handing them out, talking to everybody. I mean, I'm a social butterfly as is. So, uh, you know, might as well use that to help my brand as well. And, um, oh, yeah, absolutely. This is what we live for, man. It's what we do. Oh, totally understandable, especially when it comes to just hustling and keeping grinding out because if it was easy, then everyone would do it. Pulling out the good old Tom Hanks quote from A League of Their Own because it's freaking <laughs> true. If it was easy, then everyone would do it. There's There are a lot of bands out there that started. They may have had a great sound. They may have had a great vision. But everyone's got to go through the shit in order to you know get through what they're getting through and to get to a certain point. No one's going to start out at international stardom just like that. Everyone's got to grow from nothing. Everyone starts out from ground zero, basically. And you have the dedication and hustle to make sure you're consistently putting your name out there and consistently being in the minds and the ears of people and not letting those other influences get in there and consistently always being in their minds. That's going to just keep growing your sound, growing your sound to the point where you're going to be playing shows. Might start out with 10 people and all of a sudden you can get 20 to 50 to 100 and all of a sudden you're going to have 1,000 people at your shows to the point where all of a sudden you're going to be playing these massive concert halls. You're going to be playing places like the Armory in Minneapolis, which can hold 8,400 people. And you're going to be the headliner. It's like, okay, now we definitely have something here. If you're going to be headlining a venue like that, come on. I mean, 8,400 people, that's it. That's like the only time I was there for a show like that was with Beartooth, I Prevail, and A Day to Remember. So oh, if you can get to yeah. that kind of level, it's like, holy shit, you're definitely doing something right. But it's all contin- it's all it's all contingent on the amount of work and the willpower that you put into it. Oh, absolutely. 100%. You get what you put out. And if you put in and get blood, sweat, and tears, then, you know, it's coming. Not without a truth at all. I mean, and literal blood, sweat, and tears, too. Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure probably you guys will play play music. You may have actually bled at some point. Probably a good amount of sweat and a good amount of tears (laughs) as well. Just being frustrated over something or being overjoyed with something. Hell, even for me, I can say the same thing, too. Tears yeah. just kind of like just like getting real frustrated. Sweat just go, kind of consistently working on some of the stuff, even in you know 
places that might not have AC or really good working AC or flood <laughs> when it comes to actually being at live shows and trying to just get some good footage of this, some of this stuff, enjoy it, meet or just talk with people. And then all of a sudden mosh pit forms and I can't help myself. <laughs> Dude, I cannot wait till we go back to that, man. I need a pit more than anything right now. I God, totally fucking right? agree with you on that. <laughs> Dude, last pit I was in actually like, I think I, I think like I broke some of my hair actually because uh, and I have a video of this. It was our last uh, show that we played at the Varsity here in Baton Rouge, and uh, Swamp Stank was playing. And then uh, all all of a sudden I got trampled, and somebody with boots stomped on my hair. And I think they pulled a little bit with them. And yeah, it was rough, but I missed that. I missed that. Little little if I'd have known that um, that would have not. Uh, hold on one second. That would have not. Um, that would have been my last mosh pit for a while. Oh man. I would have definitely not taken it for granted. Yeah, it's so surreal. It, it really does. I mean, my last big mosh pit that I was in was at, uh, it was in February. It was for the Word Alive Escape the Fate and Falling in Reverse. And during uh, Popular Monster, during the like during the first part of the bridge, it, um, someone almost broke my nose. because I got a hit with this flying elbow straight to the nose. God damn. <laughs> I, when I found out it wasn't broken, some dude literally hauled me to the side. I'm like, what the hell, dude? I'm fine. He's like, no, no, no. I saw you take that hit. You're leading the wall of death on our side. To initially, I thought, yay. And then I looked over and I saw the guy that hit me in the nose. And I just point out, I'm like, you're mine. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. with a flight. I'm, like, I'm gonna come get, I'm gonna come after you. Mine! Literally dude, looked that, at me and just did like crazy. did the whole entire Morpheus just like, like bring it on. <laughs> Leveled <laughs> the dude right away. And all of a sudden, right after all of them, me and two other people are picking him right back up. It's like, okay, we're good. It's done. Fine. <laughs> Fine. We over it, man. I miss mosh pits. Probably the the funnest mosh pit I've ever been in. Probably has to be when I, whenever I went to go with my buddies to see Thyard is Murder with Miss May I, Parkway Drive, and In Hearts Wake. <laughs> we were at the House of Blues, and there was one guy there, just one guy who was starting every song a mosh pit for no, like, like there, there is reasons why people mosh pit, but this guy just literally every song, like, was the intimidator. And I feel like he had control on the mosh pit too, because for one, this guy was just a monster, and and two, like everyone wanted to go towards him and and try to to beat the shit out of him, but like they couldn't because he was so big. But he actually, I remember this too. He uh, basically got like was headbutting these people, and he was like gushing blood out of his nose and was smiling the whole time. Like we gotta like not be next to this guy some someone get him out now please because this guy was like asking for it um but yeah it's just so crazy like how that guy like wanted that like and like he was smiling all blood everywhere and eventually the the security took him out but that was like probably my favorite mosh pit i was in it was just so rowdy the rowdy ones are the best and one thing i'll say about that is like usually when i see people bleeding in a mosh pit it's I get you're going crazy. I get you're having a good time, but don't. But you're gonna have to get out because you don't want to get your blood all all over everybody. There have been yeah. I've seen two instances where that has happened with two different outcomes. One was for a show with us, Pennywise and Anti Flag, and some dude just started bleeding. We're like, dude, get like go get that cleaned up, go get that taken care of, and he refused to, <laughs> to the point where all of a sudden two guys literally dragged him out of the pit because they're like, you should not be in here bleeding over everybody. 
The other one was for <laughs> it was at a show for After the Burial and Motionless and White, and it was actually Ooh, me yeah. who started. It was actually me who started bleeding because I got knocked down for the first time in months. As I'm getting picked up, dude trips, go head to head, contact just boom, huge cut <laughs> right above my eye, and Damn. it's bleeding. I'm like this, and the guy's like, "Dude, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry." And I'm literally yelling at him, "Get me the fuck out of here!" And it wasn't because I was mad at him; it was because I didn't want to bleed over everyone in the pit. Yeah, I didn't want yeah. blood on the floor; someone could slip. Who wants to deal with that? So I've got like all this toilet paper like up against my. He's like, "Dude, I'm so sorry. Are you mad at me?" I'm like. No, I'm not mad at you. I get it. Shit happens. It's a mosh, but we put ourselves in that position. But yeah. you, but you, situation, man. Oh, I've, oh, we, we've, we've caused some injuries in the pit as well. I mean, we've had bloody noses, broken bones. Uh, you know, like for, you know, a band that's not considered heavy. You know, at least appears in uh, the Baton Rouge area. We, we, we can throw it down. We, our pits throw down. Well, that's actually what I was going to ask you about right away, right after this, because. Listening to some of your music as well, I mean, it definitely has the feel like you can really start a pit at any given point. So I was going to ask if you guys had, and if you have, what's some of the craziest pit stories you've seen from on stage? Oh, man. Okay. So this is before Jesse was in the band. In 2015, uh, the drummer for the band that was headlining was their CD release party, broke his hand in our pit, uh, and he had to play the set right after that. So he had to play a set with a broken hand. Um, I've seen, uh, man, I, I've seen people pee each other. Uh, what was it? There was this man, poor girl. She went in the pit with heels on and I don't know why she did that. And, um, got pee. I literally just watched her get pee laid. I've seen my old roommate get thrown down. Uh, luckily uninjured. Uh, I've seen, Ooh, man, Jesse, what's some, uh, what's some good pit stories you've seen? Uh, the one that rings the bell the most, and this is the one I was trying trying to say a second ago, was um, definitely Shang- Shanghai Nabbies in Florida. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this this was Halloween night, uh, and this was uh, a year ago um, and a month or so, yeah. And we played in Florida, and you had to dress up because it was Halloween. So the whole audience is, is just nothing but just colors and just makeup and everything was awesome everyone dressed up and there was this guy this old guy uh and he his costume was popeye and <laughs> he was just messed up on drugs like he was gone um and you could tell he was having like a great great night because like he, he was starting mosh pits he was getting everyone you know in the game and then uh, people knocked him on his ass, and and he got it got so bad. Uh, we played one song, I think it was a uh, psychosis. Um, Oath and, Keeper. Oh no, yeah, it was Oath Keeper. And this guy got knocked out from the audience, like basically because he would start these uh, these mosh pits, kind of like the other guy I was talking about, but the audience would beat the like almost beat the fuck out of him because they were throwing hands and they literally like knocked him out and almost every other second when we were headbanging i looked down at our monitor and it's popeye and he's like full eagle like spread on the floor and he's like unconscious and like you got the guy trying to pick him up again like come on man and this happened literally like five times in the same song i'm like oh is someone gonna get him an ambulance or something? Like that shit was so funny. Like Dude, they were, it, it looked like it hurt like a fuck ton. 
dude, they were not stopping, man. Like literally Florida to mess around. Florida, like they were literally like probably our best audience. Oh, Oh, easily, hands down. That was one of my favorite shows I've ever done. St. Augustine, Florida. I got mad love for you guys. (laughs) Uh can't wait to come back. Uh Tampa was tight too. Tampa's I remember Tampa's a pretty big no there wasn't a crazy pit story however there was a rapper uh bougie man shout out to him he opened the show and then right after he was done playing there was another band playing and this dude brought his barber to the show he set up his barber chair and he's getting a haircut right after his set in the (laughs) he's getting like a fresh fade it was the i I was like florida man y'all are wild i love it though and it's crazy too because after that show he he fucked with us so much that he, he wanted to finish the tour with us and we were we were just sitting there like we're like man do we, are we gonna be able to do that or are we not like what what's going on but he was such like an awesome dude but yeah wait what I said we were hoping it could have happened but it wasn't in our control and all the shows were yeah. booked all the lineup was set down so uh, unfortunately it didn't happen but Bougie May financially could have taken care of it we definitely would have had him. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, that'd been insane, especially if all of a sudden during your sets, the next time his barber came with them and on stage, he was getting a fresh fade while you guys were playing. Yeah, and right. The cool thing about that was, uh, are you familiar with the band Iced Earth? Um, unfortunately, no. Uh, really? Okay. Iced Earth is a legendary. Uh, they started off as like a very like thrashy death metal band from Florida. I mean, they're in the, I mean, they, they, they came out with DSI. They came out with Cannibal Corpse, good friends of them, death even. But their original singer, Gene, is a fan of our band and he lives in Florida. And he came out to the show. And I remember we were like, he, we were standing next to each other and he was jamming out to Bougie Mane. And like, this is like a metal legend. He turned around and was like, I like this guy. When he sings, he sounds like Ozzy. And I was like, hell yeah, Bougie Mane, get it. <laughs> That's one thing I've been seeing, though, more recently is and there's been some more crossover with the hip-hop artists and some rappers along with the rock and metal crowd as well. I mean, even take a look at some of the major festivals that were happening in 2020, and there's usually always two rappers or rappers that I always see play at some of these rock and metal festivals. One's always Wu-Tang Clan, and the other is always Tech 9 But every oh, yeah. rock and metal fan would be like, if you have a chance to go see that show, go and see it. I could have gone and seen on Wu-Tang Clan, during riot fest last year but mm-hmm. they were going on at the same time that rise against was and the only reason i wanted to go to riot fest was to see rise against like for the ninth time so i'm like <laughs> yeah see wu-tang for the first time see rise against for the ninth time well that's how i was gonna go to rise against just because i can't i can't help myself it's right. too much fucking fun man, man. You, you gotta do you gotta you gotta go in a lot of your favorite band man and uh you will get that chance to see wu-tang hopefully i get that chance i'd love to see wu-tang live and tech Tech oh, Nine, it's awesome. I love I love Tech Nine. I always tell this story about uh, Tech Nine because I went to a show and it was May 2019. I didn't go and see Tech Nine, but he was playing in Milwaukee at this venue called the Rave. And there's three main stages. There's a basin stage, like a club level stage, and then there's their whole ballroom stage, which is their biggest stage. It's on the top. And Tech Nine was in the basement, and I was up top because I was seeing uh, in this moment was headlining, and Seven Dust was the opener. And I really wanted to see Seven Dust, so I'm like, I'm going to see Seven Dust. And it was like their, like, 20th time playing the venue, too, so it was freaking awesome. And I remember looking outside, and there were tour buses. There were nine tour buses. There was one for Seven Dust, one for In This Moment, and seven for Tech Nine, because I also had strange music on the side, and I was counting. I'm like, the dude brought seven buses. What the (laughs) hell? And it got to a point where all of a sudden, like when seven dust was done playing, when seven dust was done with their, one of their songs, we could feel the bass from the basement. It was that, it was that, it was that loud. It was that deep. It was insane. 
But then as we were leaving the show, because uh, we were leaving the show and then the Tech Nine crowd was leaving the show as well, we were talking with them as they were, we were kind of like crossing paths. We were going out and they're like, guys, we heard you guys moshing and going crazy in between our songs. We're like, we heard the bass in between our songs. And it was just kind of this whole <laughs> hilarious thing. We're like, we all wish we could have all been at both shows for the same time, but we had to pick one or the other. So unfortunately, oh, right. but it's still somewhere. It's just if, like rocket metal fans. If Tech Nine shows up or if Wu-Tang Clan shows up, you're going to go and see them because they're just so much fun to see. But it seems like there's right. more crossover happening now. Like when you guys experienced with Bougie Main with, um, I'm, I know for uh, uh, Rock Fest in 2020, Snoop Dogg was supposed to be a headliner along mm-hmm. with Limp Biscuit, but that got moved to 2021. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple others. I mean, even take a look at some of the newer stuff right now, like Bring Me to the Rise, and they had Young Blood featured on a track, and that went incredibly well. So there's definitely yeah. more crossover that's starting to happen now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was supposed to go to a festival a couple of years ago in uh, Kentucky and ended up getting canceled called Louder Than Life, and Ice Cube was supposed to play. And, Why did Louder uh, Than Life get canceled a couple of years ago? What's that? Why did that get canceled a couple of years ago? Because Louder Than Life it, is the biggest rock and metal festival in the in, uh, in the US got, right now. It got flooded. Oh. Yeah, it flooded out. I, I, I stayed in Kentucky for a couple of days and just hung out because I couldn't cancel my plane ticket. But actually, talking about the rock and metal uh, crossover and Ventress as well, uh, which, I mean... It's coming soon, but uh, there's a lot of rap influence on the new Ventress as well. So um, that is something that people can get their eyes and their ears popped open to listen to because, uh, yeah, there's I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big rap fan um, and uh, I've always wanted to do that. I'm actually in time. I'm going to do my own rap uh, project. Uh, that's that's very, very, very early in the works, though. But um, uh, with Ventress, though, the, uh, I've always wanted to do it. I never found the uh, right time also previously wasn't allowed to do it but now i am or now i have that full say so and it's happening well two oh, things yeah. on that one jesse now is also the perfect time for you to do the, your christian rap album if there's any time right now <laughs> oh yeah now i'll have one song thing is like jesse spit he used to spit bible verses um <laughs> he taught the world that it's okay to be a christian and a chief so Keep in mind the 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 reason why this that you know uh, there's a joke about me being a Christian rapper is because in high school uh, I had I was on a date and I, I it was one of those dates you know it was like you you find your one of your first loves so I like did my hair I like I like got a whole fresh cut <laughs> I like tried to wear the best coolest looking thing and I had a fucking a golden cross chain that i still have actually um and uh my friend took a picture of it and once i showed ben um (laughs) ben took off with this joke uh, about me being a christian rapper and my like half of my family's christian so you know it's kind of it's awkward getting you know being in, in in a battle between my family and and you know friends that actually think i'm a former christian rapper (laughs) (laughs) if people believe that and i I would just post it on my snapchat as a joke and people legit thought that like this was real and i'm just like man like i really need to go into like i mean i love acting and i've acted in a few things here and there ncis and all that but like i really need to do this because i am very convincing and uh yeah (laughs) believe that jesse was a christian rapper for a short while and my uh, past life (laughs) 
in his past life, maybe. Past life. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're literally you can you're literally creating a, something happening based on a rumor that you created, Ben. So I I gotta give you applause for that, and that's oh, absolutely hilarious. Plus, I live off inside jokes. I've, I've created. I can. <laughs> I, I can create like like. Wait, what's that, Jesse? No, I was saying like the whole. I was basically going where you're going. Like the whole band. Like that's how we strive. Is is just off the inside jokes. Like we're 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 all like funny dudes in general and we're all unique but like at any show at any given moment we could say one thing in a serious moment and we know exactly where like it came from and and it just kind of like brings brings the mood up but it's 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 hilarious we we do some weird weird inside jokes but funny nonetheless and a lot of them range from current events to events that happened a long time ago. Like Steve, Steve is uh, coming into contact with a lot of interesting people that he worked with. So a lot of our inside jokes stem off of like that. And then we have a lot of inside jokes and stuff that was on the road uh, in St. Augustine, Florida. We uh, were met with this. Uh, we met this, 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 uh, this homeless dude was walking down the street. And this is after the show and Steve screams, Steve screams, yo. So the dude starts coming over here and we're like, Oh God, here comes another one of them Florida man stories. So <laughs> comes up and, uh, Literally, this is exactly how we thought. Like this, like, we didn't know this dude, and this dude comes up, and he like it was so dark. I don't even, I can't, I can't even remember his face. I really don't even remember what his face looked like. I don't have like a pure vision of it. He was just like, like you all right? Do I look all right? Well, no. He's like, well, I'm not all right then. And Steve's like, you want to be? What kind of question is that, you sissy bitch? And like, literally looked at him with a scared crawl, dying laugh. He's like, yes, I want a beer. So he gave him a beer. <laughs> And we're getting a, a, a bottle opener for him. But instead of that, he didn't wait for that. He takes the beer, puts the bottle cap around his mouth, and he's like, <sighs> like, like aggressively as fuck. And then he goes, while, <laughs> while maintaining eye contact with Steve, and Steve's sitting there like, what the fuck am, is going on right now? And like everyone is just dying laughing. That dude was it serious. Was so awkward soul. and so intense. Dude, Florida was great. That was like one of the best shows we ever played. And it was just like, how much, how can this night get any better or weirder? And then that happens. And then it was just like, and that was the last show of the, of the run. And uh, that was, so it was like, that was the last thing we did other than go to the hotel. We're like, well, that was a good piece out to Florida. <laughs> I'll say one thing yeah. about Florida is like, cause I've been there three times in my life. Once when I was a little kid going to Disney world once in 2015 because it was spring break in Panama City Beach and holy oh. shit. I got oh, stories yeah. about that. But then there was also when I went down there in 2019 for the Daytona 500 because that's what I was doing with my dad for his 60th birthday because he always wanted to go to the race. The race was on his 60th birthday. Like there was no way I wasn't going to have this happen. Oh, and yeah. And it's like there is. I mean, we got we got drunk walking around Disney World um, on accident, by the way, which is even funnier. <laughs> um, we end up walking to like a bunch of these random bars in Daytona Beach, and they were all like they they're just all biker bars and everything. We walked in there, and my dad and I were laughing hysterically because they could tell that we didn't belong, but we were so comfortable in them because they had they're just like outside tents in like some little indoor spots. We're like, this reminds us of the church festivals that we have up here in Wisconsin, where it's just the churches and parking lots, they're just going to literally set up carnivals and festivals. And the ma- biggest mainstays are the live music and the beer tents. Yeah, we sell beer by the just, just, just throw it at people basically because people are buying beer like crazy. So oh, we're yeah. like, this is literally like this. We even go to a different bar where they have license plates all up over the wall, all up over everywhere. And my dad's friend actually has one up there, Wisconsin plate, that uh, just reads Gas Man. 
reason it's gas man is because the guy's initials are G-A-S. So that's why it's there. They loved it so much they put it up on the wall. And we were trying to find it. And we were looking all over the place. We couldn't find it. Then I realized under the bar, like basically like where people like are sitting down and where their legs are covering, there were a bunch of license plates over there. Without me even thinking about anything else, any potential um, repercussions of my actions, pulled out my phone, turned on the flashlight, and I'm just looking down there. All of a sudden, these two women are like, excuse me, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, shit, this does not look good. And all of a sudden, I get grabbed by two bikers. I'm like, okay, this really isn't good. I'm like, this is a whole misunderstanding. And my dad is at the bar, too. He's like, whoa, whoa, guys, what's going on? They're like, what the hell is he doing? And then they, my, my dad explains what's going on about the license plate. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, shit, why don't you say so? Hey, everyone, back away from the bar. We got to find this license plate. So everyone just backed up. And we were looking for it for about 10 minutes. We couldn't find it because we were in the wrong part of the bar. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> shit. But it was just like the, oh, man, I'm about to get, I'm about to have like a Florida man moment. Florida, Florida men beat up, <laughs> beat up yeah, other right. men for oh, God, trying to find license plate on accident to all of a sudden we got the whole bar looking for this thing. Oh, shit. Yeah, right. it's, it's like Florida people are nice. There's just something in the water. It's just some, some, some of them drink some of the water, and then it, it just it gets uh, gets a little crazy. It was even funnier, too, when we were look out, like, outside looking at – because there's a whole bunch of bikes out there. So we're, I'm looking at the bikes, and all of a sudden <laughs> I just I looked at them. Everyone's just looking at the bikes. I'm like, I always remember the cardinal rule. Bikers love it when you look at their bikes. But they will kick yeah. your ass if you touch them. So I'm like, I got my, I got, I got a beer in one hand, and I got, but I got it behind my back, both my hands. I'm like, I ain't touching shit, guys, because I know whoever <laughs> owns that bike is within like, is within like eye level distance and able to see it. He's monitoring this bike. The dude is loving the fact that I'm looking at it. But if I touch that thing, he's coming over there and he's kicking my ass. So, yeah, I'm staying yeah. away from that. Yeah, for real though. <laughs> well, they, they do like when you look at their bikes, but yeah, do not touch those yeah. things at all. But it's just, that's just the thing. It's like when it comes to Florida, some of the craziest stuff happens. You get the craziest stories you have happen there. And I mean, I think that's also why rock and metal thrives in Florida because it's like kind of just that whole entire, especially with live shows, especially at shows where you get like the bands I mentioned, like Trivium, Day to Remember, Under Oath. You're going to get just some absolute like reckless behavior from the fans because everyone's just moshing, everyone's going crazy. I've lost my shoe during Under Oath show. Um, I, during the day to remember, I really want to do crowd surfing the crowd surfer, but I was, uh, but I, when I tried doing, it, I looked at myself, like I'm in the front row somehow. So I'm not doing it because that's just a dumb idea, <laughs> but just like the craziness of it, it just really fits that whole entire energy where kind of anything can happen at any given moment. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Oh yeah. Those shows are nuts. I remember I saw under Earth in Houston, Texas once, and that shit was insane. Brah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as I say, even listening to some of your guys' music, I mean, you definitely could fit into that vibe where all of a sudden you have that feeling of anything can happen in one of your live shows in terms of the crowd just getting absolutely rambunctious and ridiculous at any given moment. Oh, yeah. yeah we, we've had it. We've, we've had mixed, you know, mixed feelings with, with, with that because, like, uh, like, for instance, we had literally one week where we played a show for Saliva and literally – or no, sorry – yeah, Saliva, and then uh, also Cannibal Corpse, all within the same week. So you got this hard rock, you know, Southern-style metal with, you know, Cannibal Corpse, which is death metal. And in the same week, like, it, it's just weird because, you know, you would assume you're at a Cannibal Corpse show and, you know, there would be nonstop, you know, pits and everything and 
and then saliva is more like chill rock, you know. Um, and we've had more of a a pit to saliva than than we've had in Cannibal Corpse. Not saying that Cannibal Corpse didn't throw down. I'm just saying that that particular week was weird because you know, like Cannibal Corpse for our set, it was more just everyone was just intrigued about us and and just wanted to to watch us rather than to go hard you know when cannibal corpse goes on but then saliva like you got people like literally like beating the fuck out of people not 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 bad you know just you know i'm saying like it's just a mixed feeling like what the fuck (laughs) oh yeah 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 it's it's a surprising feeling because uh you know well when we play with Cannibal Course, we were also the opening band. So, you know, in the opening bands, people are kind of just getting there. You know, it takes a little while. Unless, like, it's like, in, in mind, we were also the black sheep of that show. Cause it was us, Harm's Way, Hate Eternal, and Cannibal Corpse. So, yeah. you know, we were, we were the odd band out, even though it was very, honestly, that ended up being one of my favorite shows we ever did. I was kind of, I was, like, weary about, I, I wouldn't, like, I, I knew the show was going to be good, but, like, our, the reception of us was, I was a little bit uh, scared about, but totally, totally opposite of what I thought. And, um, it ended up being one of my favorite shows ever. However, yeah, we were yeah. the opening, the odd band out. But yeah, when we played with Saliva, shit, man, it was pits nonstop. All right, I do have to bring this up to you guys. I want to hear your take on this. And one thing that I've always I've been thinking about, one thing I'm a big proponent of is when it comes to playing a live show, you can be the odd band out, but it all depends upon where you're placed within the show. So on something like where you guys are the odd band out, where you guys went earlier and you had some of these incredibly more harder, just more deathcore bands and death metal bands later on, mm-hmm. it's just that lead up to that energy really does work out in your favor as well because you're basically priming people to get into it. Where yeah. I've seen this happen, I've seen this work out a couple of times. One way, one time I saw this work out was it was might have been like the same day you guys played that Florida show with the Halloween show because I saw. It was Awake at Last was the opener, which you can get more of that hard rock vibe to it. And then all of a sudden, Light the Torch with Howard Jones went on, and some people were starting to get a little bit more rambunctious. It wasn't too crazy, but that depth, that energy and that hardness definitely increased. Then all of a sudden, it's Fit for a King, and then everyone's going nuts. And then the headliner, again, this is, this is, around, this is right around Halloween. The headliner's Ice Nine Kills. Holy shit! Just the yeah. build up to that energy just kept everything interesting, and that was actually what got me interested in Awake at Last because I remember just how it perfectly amped up everything. I've seen it also mm-hmm. not work out as well to the point where again it was like it was when I went to go see Beartooth. I prevail in day. Remember because Beartooth started and yeah. trying to match Caleb Shomo's energy on any kind of there's like only a couple bands that could potentially pull off something like that. And then when yeah. I Prevail went on, it just felt like the show got deflated because that energy was just lessened. And then when A Day to Remember went on, okay, now it's right back up because A Day to Remember can match that kind of energy from Beartooth. But if they would have flipped it and all of a sudden I Prevail went on first, then Beartooth, that energy level would have just completely transitioned so much better, in my opinion, to the point where a lot of people that if they weren't really in I Prevail then, they would have gotten I Prevail even more because that. And that's why with you guys potentially being the black sheep of the band on that one lineup, how it worked was because... It just worked out to build people up to what was going to be the headline with Cannibal Corp. So holy crap, oh, yeah. it just works out to get people amped up. And then everyone's going to remember that what the end of the show was like. But then also when they think of you, they're also going to remember that. So it's like the energy level, they're going to have that positive experience attached to it. So they're going to want to check out your band even more so because of that positive experience attached to it. Absolutely. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Look at me. Yeah, that's no, going on full rant. Go on, Jesse. 
no, no. I, I was just, I was just agreeing with them. Like, you know, it, it's, it's one thing to, to, to go to a show and, and see your favorite bands, but a lot of things that I don't know, I can't really speak out for everyone, but I'm just saying like, I had more of an interest in, in like the variety of shows, like what bands you see on a show rather than seeing every band you like, because if you could just go out to a show and see every band you like, then why not see any other show, you know, depending on the person, you know, generally speaking, you know, a lot of musicians um, in general, like, I guess, like that, like where you could, where you can, like, you, like what we were talking about earlier, like going to a metal show and seeing rap and, and, and getting different tastes and setting yourself up as a whole show rather than just, you know, just the energies of every individual performance. Yeah. So, so it's kind of, you know, it's, it's just very intriguing. Like I, I, like that week was cool because it shows like, you know, we could play in front of saliva and we can play for a band like cannibal corpse within the same week and still have a game, you know, still have, have people, from both scenarios and different perspectives of genres, you still like us. And that's kind of like the cool gift about being in this type of genre that we are is we, we can, we have the ability to play that, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and when it comes again, those live shows as well, it's just, you have the ability to play in so many different realms so that no matter what it's, you have a very easy ability to basically, what's the best way to put it? to transcend different parts of a show in terms of where you're going to be playing. If it's going to be open or the headline or wherever it's going to be, because I've listened to some of the music, don't get me wrong. And there's times where that heaviness can really be brought forward, especially in a song like psychosis with the mixture between the clean and unclean vocals and how consistently you go back and forth on that to really bring in the heaviness overall. So there really is yeah. something there that works out. That was probably my favorite song from you guys though, is psychosis. Holy crap. That those vocals, yikes was it good <laughs> but where i'm going with it too is just like when it comes to including rap in some of these uh performances in some of these tours does it work it for me it's like in terms of rock and roll does it work yes but it has to be placed correctly in the lineup so say i'll use i'll pull it this way say all of a sudden like let's we'll take slipknot not fest say they were putting together a lineup and they're trying to figure out what they wanted to do and say you guys were opening up and then let's put four bands in their total. Say so you guys are opening up, and then all of a sudden, right after it, like Tech Nine is gonna play. Okay, Ooh. so you're gonna so you get that amped up energy going into it. People are gonna be amped up, but then you've got to match the energy almost exactly or even more so to that mm-hmm. band that goes on right before Slipknot. So like, who'd be perfect for that in terms of matching overall energy and that hardness to it at the same time as well? So a band like Bring Me the Rise and Day Remember would be perfect for something like that just to grad just to not only bring people up to it but like start it out at a good base and then build on top of it because it's kind of like a pyramid in a way yeah, like yeah. you want to get to the top but like start out with the base all of a sudden then the energy just keep going up and up and up and up to the point where all of a sudden say slipknot goes on and everyone's still like everyone remembers the three bands before i remember zero remember tech nine remembers like bringing the rise or day remember but then you that slipknot goes on everyone's still amped up for it as well it just creates this whole entire incredible concert experience to the point yeah. where you can have different genres and people aren't going to care that they're different genres because they're having such a good time, especially with exactly. the energy of the crowd and the energy of the performances. It's an infectious thing and you can't get rid of it. Oh, and no. that's, that's a cr- cool thing too, because like, for instance, like there was a tour 
uh, and Slipknot was headlining. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the band Coheed and Cambria. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, like they're they're two complete different types of bands um, as a whole in almost every majority of uh, every way. So essentially, like they played on the same tour and Coheed opened up right before Slipknot. So like, just to think about like that perspective of, of where shows can be, where, you know, you could, you know, see a band like Coheed and the next go right into Slipknot. That that's very cool. And, and I definitely fuck with that because those are two of one of my favorite bands. So like I have more of a, a broader, uh, you know, perspective on music you know progressively and and uh you know so it's cool to see like bands like coheed get like sharing the stage right before slipknot so it's like two extreme different energies but still great ass outcome (laughs) oh yeah absolutely now zay got i got another i got another great example as well and it was riot fest from last year because it, like they had a bunch of stages all over the park, but they had two stages right next to each other, and one of them was going to be the main stage where the headliner for the night was Slayer. Okay, so you're expecting oh, yeah. a lot of this stuff, and they were going back and forth between the stages. And I think it was the two o'clock show on the main stage was Testament. So of course you're going to get this, you know, that more thrash metal kind of energy. It's going to be good. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, then you're going over to this other stage, the secondary stage. It's right next to it, and the story so far is playing. So you get more of this pop punk style. But the even though it's a lighter feel, that energy is still there and it matches. Then all of a sudden, it was like five five thirty six o'clock or yeah five show five o'clock show on the main stage was Anthrax. So now it's like mm. okay, now we're getting the big we're getting one of the big four here. Holy shit, here we go. <laughs> then it's the secondary stage is gonna be the their last show of the night, which starts at seven o'clock. And it's like okay, well who is it and are they gonna be able to match that kind of energy and perfectly bridge the gap between? anthrax and slayer you're expecting you need a another thrash metal band to really bridge that gap and keep that energy going yeah. hell no you don't it was it was it was crazy being in that crowd it was also for rise against yeah. as well but still it fit because yeah. the energy was just matched up so perfectly people just kept going absolutely insane hell I even saw it with rise against five years ago as well where kill switch actually opened up before them and they had a deathcore band open up before kill switch so it was deathcore metalcore punk rock but the energy flow still worked out well so you can even go oh, with a yeah. lighter style but as long as that energy flow keeps going people are gonna stay engaged with the show people are gonna enjoy it a hell of a lot more so you just have to keep that flow going holy crap you can mix so many different styles so many different genres into one single show and it can absolutely work it all depends upon energy flow that's yeah. all it does. Actually, hammer on the nail on that one, my friend. Absolutely. And that's where we got to pay a lot of respect to Frontman because I think a lot of energy you get at a show is is with, with a Frontman, um, yep. you know, and having consistent, you know, so, you, you know, it's one thing to hear the same thing, like, are you ready? You know, but mm-hmm. like, if you got to get, you got, you know, all these bands on all these big ass tours and, and all the front men are different in their own way. And they keep that energy, keep going for the, for every band, you know, after them. So like I give a, a shout out to all the front men out there who busting their asses, keeping people fucking entertained, you know, not saying that the music doesn't stand alone, just saying like, you know, cause it's intimidating being in front of so 
many people like that and uh not every band can do that so oh it's god yeah. i'll say oh god no I've, i i'll bring up another show as well it was the after the barrel emotional so white one because after the barrel was freaking nuts just the whole entire energy from that show and when all of a sudden motionless and white came on you're not expecting something near as you're expecting something hard but you're not expecting something as hard as after the burial however mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure chris motionless was watching the show at that point because he went on and i've I've never seen him go that crazy because of how crazy the crowd was. But then it was just the, it was like a feeding frenzy from energy. It was all of a sudden it was like, Chris is going absolutely insane. All of a sudden on stage, like Justin, Ricky and Vinny are going insane. All of a sudden oh, the crowd yeah. just picks up on that. And the mosh pit is going absolutely even more crazy. I'm not in it because I'm still bleeding at this point, but I've got paper towel on my eye. I've got a piece of shirt tied on my head. I look like <laughs> a pirate. And when I'm on the edge pushing people back in, it's like, why don't you get back in? I don't want to bleed over you guys. I told you this already. <laughs> yeah. But it's just the energy level is going back and forth. as absence. And it does draw a lot on the front end because for the rest of the members of the band, if you're a drummer, I mean, you're stuck behind the kit. You're uh, Unless you're like Tommy Lee or Neil Pert, like you're, it's going to be somewhere you're not going to be as well visible. But then with the guys up front with like the bass guitars and the uh, just the regular electric guitars, what's going to happen is you've got these big pieces of equipment that you're playing and you have to play them well as well. So you can't do as much crazy stuff as a front man can do who's singing. However, it does depend on him as well, the point where he can drive so much that then you guys can feed off of that as well and just really get more energetic with your movements. Yeah. Front man's going crazy. All of a sudden, you know, say Ben just decides to jump into the mosh pit on his own, jump into the crowd, just have a good time. I have seen that before, and it is awesome. Hell, I've even seen bassists jump into the crowd before. Shout out to Atreyu for that one, which was freaking awesome. Yeah, also, shout out to Chris number two from Anti Flag because he did it as well, and it was insane. But I've right. seen frontmen jump into the crowd. I've seen the craziest ones. I saw both uh, both singers from Butcher Babies jump into the mosh pit with us. That Yo, was fun as hell. They went nuts. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Do that at Rockville, and they had people circle pitting around both of them. It was fucking amazing. Honestly, Butcher Babies is one of like like their live show was just out of this world. I was like, damn, you know, like these like they fucking can get a crowd going, and like literally their energy doesn't stop. I mean, Heidi just jumping off everything. Carla too, but Heidi is just like all over the place jumping. It's just like, damn, you know, like fucking kudos. Yeah, because when, yeah. when I saw Butcher Babies, they had that, like, it was definitely a harder energy, but it was definitely a high-energy, high-impact kind of style. Mm-hmm. And that and for that show, they actually were the opener for Hollywood Undead. And with Hollywood Undead, you're going to get some hearts up there, but you're going to get more of this, like, party but it, atmosphere to it, but it's a higher-energy kind of party vibe. So, again, it's something where you have a band that's not going to go as hard as Butcher Babies follow them, but the energy level is the exact same, so the flow works in between it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, man. And uh, oh, yeah, I love jumping into the crowd. Like, occasionally, yeah. I do. When I find the right moment, I'll get into the crowd. And, you know, I tried getting that. Uh, I, tried, I haven't mastered how to communicate it, but uh, I've tried to get like a circle pit going around me. But like, whenever I get in the mosh pit, it's like, like, it, like while in the middle of my singing, everyone just like kind of just runs into me. It's kind of like, like they get that motion, which is fun and everything. But like, after seeing Heidi and Carla do that, I'm like, I got to do that. I got to make that happen. I want people to circle pit around me. That is something that's like a bucket list thing. Have not gotten it yet. I mean, I've, I've, I've got in the crowd. Uh, I've, I've hung over stuff and in time. I, I like to, even though like, it's sometimes hard being 6'8", because like your body is so big and it, it's like sometimes <laughs> harder to move. Because like the girls of the Butcher Babies are like 5'2". So like they have like all this like the short girl, high energy. Whenever you're a giant, you know, you got to move all that body which is still impossible, but 
challenge sometimes. Yeah, we got to keep in mind that you're still like seven foot, you know, like Shaquille O'Neal size. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like and, and then like like, in, like oh yeah, entire state building. <laughs> Right. I'll say what you're, what you're gonna have to do is even um, maybe putting a little bit of that wrap stuff aside for a couple of days is take a look at a bunch of Butcher Baby's live videos and seeing them jump into the crowd and do the circle pit and see kind of how they do it, how they set it up to the point where you can reverse engineer it for to see how okay if this is gonna work for two shorter women just above five feet, how can I make this work in a very similar style for a guy who's just under seven feet? So. Right, yeah, I think, yeah. I think for things like that, it would have to be like arena slash festivals because that's when you really got like so many people that are just so rallied up to the point where you know when when you go to a, a an arena or or festival, you got all that weight. So like, no matter if you're one bend or four bends all in one, <laughs> they're still gonna carry your ass like. That's why festivals are like a, a huge thing we're trying to get on right now. Um, so we can be able to do shit like that. Cause I would love to, I'm just a big fat motherfucker. So <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got, I got, I'm definitely hitting that salad soon, but I would definitely love to like stage dive and still keep playing all that cool, cool shit. You know? Oh, yeah. I actually had a buddy of mine. Uh, his name is Taylor Roberts. Shout out to Taylor. Uh, he's he was formerly uh, the guitar player of Wildfire, um, and he actually get like one show we were playing, and he looked at me because we know each other, and he, he was like, "I'm about to stage dive," so I'm like, "Oh shit!" So I'm like telling everyone like, "Get ready, he's about to fucking jump," and he jumps, and then we we carried his ass and everything. Like it was it was just fucking awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh- well, oh, yeah. like, I would have been called Riding with the Killers out of Detroit. So, shout out to him. I was going to say, definitely oh, when yeah. it comes to potentially trying something like that for yourself, definitely the festival setting is probably going to be the way to go at this moment because <laughs> with arena tours, I mean, it, I've have like the, I'm trying to think the smallest band I ever saw in an arena tour, like just open up an arena tour. I'm trying to even think uh, maybe in this moment that might be the smallest one I've seen open up in an arena tour. So, Yep, I, I, I was it in this moment. Seven dust, corn, and disturbed. Um, at that it was that it was that lineup, but um, it was an added show right at the end of the tour, and it was only seven dust. Or no, it was only in this moment and disturbed. Oh, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Because that was like actually how I first saw it in this moment it was it was in 2011. It was in this moment, seven dust, corn, oh. and disturbed, and I saw it in this moment before like the whole blood thing and, and, and like the, the changing of the outfits. Like she was windmilling, like yeah. like it was it was brutal. Yeah, and now it's something completely different. Where because actually it was a diff- then it was a different tour because this one was last year. So, oh okay. Oh, I do remember that tour yeah, last year. Do you remember yeah, that? Tour? Yeah, yeah. It was they were supposed to end in St. Louis, and all of a sudden then they added a day, like two days later, and it's like, yeah, we're adding one more day, and I'm like, oh, it would be cool if it was Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and like one, and like one of the biggest disturbed fans of all time. Shout out to Kathy Miller on this one because uh, she helped me when I when I saw them at the end of the first leg like, of their tour in Chicago. She basically helped me secure a spot right on the rail. And then she actually helped me get a ticket for the show in Milwaukee and then also helped me secure a spot on the rail. So what? it was freaking awesome. Also, um, 
little fun fact if you watch the music video for hold on to memories by disturbed the one with all the live performances at the 237 mark you will actually see uh kathy on the video because she loves disturbed she's very emotionally connected to them so she's very emotional during the song and then in like the right half of the screen you're gonna see some dumb goofy kid with such a dumb goofy smile on his face that doesn't make any sense for that moment in the song and that dumb goofy kid is me what dude <laughs> actually oh dude much respect to anybody that loves disturbed i love disturbed always have been one of my favorite bands since i was a kid we're actually we're gonna be covering that soon because unfortunately yes. my dad my dad passed away in uh oh, last month I'm so uh, and uh and uh it, it, that we're gonna do that in a tri- as a tribute to him so uh i'm gonna look for that i, I can't wait to see that so like you said it's like a 230 mark 237 okay all right 237 yeah. all right i'll note that I was, I was going to say one thing you guys could do is potentially if when it comes to if you're going to create a video for that cover as a tribute as well. I've one there's two things you can do is one is maybe it's like if you have some sort of like a live show kind of stuff that you can play off of that like in that video you could or one thing that I saw disturbed you and this was during that song because it happened both times when I saw them in Chicago and in Milwaukee where they had in the background like while they were playing it during the live show they had basically just like a whole different like kind of picture slideshow kind of thing, just going through all these different pictures from the beginning of the band to have a lot of things that they've done to pictures with their families, pictures of vacation on. So just a lot of the memories, but then they also did a lot of pictures of them with other people and different bands that are no longer with us. And both times, whenever the picture of David Draven and Chester Bennington came up, people just went ape crazy just oh like there was was i I remember seeing that in the video too with him and chester yeah they were yeah they were real no go ahead no that's all i'd say oh i was saying like i bet that was an emotional experience oh yeah yeah so it's it's when you listen to that song it's if if it's a tribute to your dad that is a perfect song to cover as well there's even a uh facebook group for uh serious xm octane it's a, a fan page uh guy named Joel Alfano created a shout out to Joel Alfano as well. Cause he's got me connected with a good amount of bands as well. Uh, he started the pages have like 17,000, 17,000 people on it. And someone posted that their best friend had died a couple days before we shot this. It remember it was the, maybe the day before we shot this. I was just asking for just music to help uh, just go like deal with at the same time as well. And I was throwing a couple of suggestions out there for him and it was two disturbed songs. One was hold on to memories. Another one was the light. And then, throughout Lincoln Park as well with one more light just because anytime you listen to that song it's you're gonna you're gonna you're just gonna feel the emotion of how much that person meant to you and how much instead of you know not being sad they're gone but being glad the fact that you they were a part of your life for what how long they were absolutely Angel Sun by Seven Dust is another one to throw out there as well good good one good one oh yeah oh yeah great all great the light especially I, I love that song i love disturb man uh they, they get a lot of hate if you're an underground musician it's not cool to like disturb well fuck that i love disturb man <laughs> really <laughs> yeah because you know they're a mainstream act you know they, they sell out arenas and like what's wrong with that again you lot, know yeah, Isn't there's a you... lot of there's a lot of bands like uh i don't know if, if, if this is just in like our area but like there's a lot of people that just I think this is just mainly anywhere, but there's a lot of people that it's almost like a jealousy thing, you know, like, well, why are, why are they successful when they sound like this or that or blah, blah, blah. Like disturbed has done their time. They've, they've shown the world, like they, they can make 
music that means a lot to to people especially <laughs> veterans like they have a lot that they, their message about like war and military and 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 you know lost loved ones and it, like they that's what matters things like that is what matters not like if a band fits the status quo of, of, of like you know cool. Oh Let's yeah, dude. I take I take heavy influence. Disturbed is David Draymond is a heavy, heavy influence on me as a vocalist. And I mean, I can go on a list for those. But um, I mean, it, and that also drives me crazy. There's a lot of times I bring up Disturbed, and a lot of people I bring up Disturbed too. Like whenever I bring them up, they have to go on on a fucking tirade about how much they hate Disturbed. And it's like, goddamn. Well, I, I kind of feel shitty for liking them now. It's not uh, even just Disturbed. It's like bands like Five Finger Death Punch and and yeah. fucking. You know, I, the list goes on, uh, but it's like any, any highly successful band. Yeah, yeah, and but and, but then it's like there's people that it's they enjoy Slipknot, but they absolutely hate how big Corey Taylor is with like because he got Slipknot's got Stone Sour and his solo projects, which. I'll put it this way. Was I a fan of the album uh, with CMFT? I enjoyed it. It was such a fun album to listen to. It's not going to be my favorite for the year, but I still enjoy listening to it. It was fun. But oh, then yeah. when it comes to the service, well, it's like, I don't understand why like people's like, oh, you like the service, why the, why the underground scene absolutely hates or why musicians would hate it as well and why you would get that reaction. I mean, hell, if I, um, if I, I'll turn my camera a little bit, but uh, just to show you. So all the way in the back corner, you can see right there with that uh, vinyl album that's up there. Oh, I see it right mm-hmm. there. Yeah, that's their, uh, the special press from the, uh, Belie- or the Believe album, which came out in 2002. They released a, like a special press of it last year and uh, all four members of the band signed it. So it's hanging up my wall. I also have the, uh, the uh, Israel flag that they created when they went over to Israel last year. I have that hanging up on the wall as well. So it's cause Hell yeah. I, cause like I disturbed was like the first full band that I actually have ever considered like my favorite band. There's only two bands that were considered my favorite band. First was disturbed. Then all of a sudden in high school, it became rise against and I haven't stopped since. Have I stopped listening to Disturbed? Yeah. No, hell no. When I've done my list, Disturbed is still number three on my list. The only band that is between Rise Against and Disturbed is Ice Nine Kills. That's it. Word. Okay. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're badass. They were on Shiprock this year. Oh yeah, it was insane. Were- I wish they- I could have been there. Uh, they it. threw it down, man. And uh, dude, we're trying to get on that as well. I mean, we're trying to get on anything. Uh, that's another thing. You know, Shiprock is also. Um, uh, uh, like a lot of the lineup has chosen a lot of uh, people's uh, surveys that they do at the end of the boat, who they want to see. Honestly, a good example of that was suicidal tendencies. Like oh, so many yeah. people put that they wanted to be there and they were there last year. And that was awesome. I actually was in line getting food with Mike, uh, which was pretty cool. So I, I didn't get a picture with him, but I got to speak with him for a little bit. And um, I mean, you're walking around, you see all these people and it's cool. You get to talk to them. And then seven dust were on there last year. I know those guys I've sang on stage with seven dust. So uh, I, I love those dudes. Yeah, I sang Splinter with them in Baton Rouge nice. in 2014. Uh, I don't know. I still don't really understand. Like, I can't even explain the album. But, yeah, I've been – that's a big thing I do is, like, look, take this, but put Ventures on your survey next year, and maybe we'll get on. Or either that or as a stowaway because they have the, uh, this group of musicians that jam out. They play whatever songs here and there. And, I mean, if I can get on as a stowaway or if Jesse can get on as a stowaway, if one of us can get on as a stowaway, that's a foot in the door. You know, because there's bands that have – there's musicians that have played as stowaways but their bands have never played yet. So uh, I want to say somebody oh, yeah. from Paul was a stowaway. Man. Um, my, it was probably also, either Blake or Zach. Or maybe Miles, their drummer, because Miles is a fucking good drummer. I want to say – ooh, man, I'm trying to remember who if they were a stowaway. Now, there were a lot of stowaways that didn't show. 
this year. Uh, like Rob from Non Point, well, I, I didn't see him on the boat. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few stowaways that didn't show. I think probably because that was like the beginning of the COVID era, so it, things were kind of rough. <laughs> yeah, but if it if, like if it was one of the guys tall, if it was Miles or any of the Bedsall brothers, either Blake or Zach, holy crap, you then you got freaking lucky on that one. My God. But when, oh, when it come, I'll say when it comes to festivals now, it's because I kind of want to conclude on this point. I want to get your guys' take on this as well, where with festivals now going into 2021 and we'll see what they end up with, with a lot of festivals are trying to redo what they did. We're going to do in 2020 to recreate those lamps again. And it makes sense, but you're going to get some places like Blue Ridge Festival, which what they did was what you guys were talking about, where they asked the fans what they wanted to see and take a look at the lamp they had for 2020. They're trying to roll over to 2021 is absolutely insane. They got bands like oh, Motionless and White, A Falling Reverse, Ice Nine Kills. Um, mm. I think Sleeping With Sirens is on there as well. They're trying to have like people to ask like what kind of reunion you wanted to see that wasn't a thing. And the two top ones were Attack, Attack. Well, Attack, Attack reunion has, well, they're coming back. So that's happening. Mm. But the biggest yep. one, and now it looks like it might easily happen, is Flyleaf with Lacey Sturm returning. That's what people oh, wanted to see, yeah. and that's what they vote on. That's so crazy. That's, the, that's how they're trying to build that lineup, and it's going to be absolutely massive. But like, taking a look at some of the lineups right now for other shows that I want to go see, specifically Rockfest here in Wisconsin, because I got a whole entire idea to rent a Winnebago and set up my own like little proxy uh, interview station in there and have a bunch of the bands that I can get show up and just hang out a little bit, talk, do a little bit of a podcast, like a 15-minute thing. If they drink, have a beer with me. If they drink hard liquor, I'll have that as well. If they don't drink, I'll have Gatorade, water, soda, whatever it might be, just to basically like a come on, hang out, hang out a little bit. I'll get, I'll, yeah. if you guys want something to drink, I got you covered kind of thing. And I've looked oh, at the yeah. lineup and it's like, there's some big hitters on there where it's like, I would, I'd love to have disturbed on the show. Oh, hell yeah. I'd love to talk to oh. David Draymond. It would be, I'd be like, uh, okay, where do I start? <laughs> But then yeah, like, right. I took a look further down the lineup and it's like, there's a lot of bands that people aren't that well versed in, but I absolutely love them because I've talked to them on the podcast. I've ha- I've listened to their music. I'm like, holy shit. I want to hear, I want to he- basically get, meet these ba- people in person and hear what they have to say, get to know them a little oh, bit yeah. more and help them grow their band. Because all of a sudden, what happens if all of a sudden, you know, people start seeing all these bands coming in and out of my little Winnebago, just coming, hanging out a little bit. People are going to ask who I'm interviewing, who they should be seeing. And then all of a sudden I'm going to point them in all these different directions and they're going to go see these bands and they're going to start absolutely enjoying them. So if Ventress yeah. is on one of those lineups, hell yeah, I'm pointing them your way. Are you fucking kidding me? What else would I do? <laughs> Great. <laughs> but when it comes, but my question is to you guys, when it comes to festivals going into 2021 with some festivals not happening anymore, like rock USA here in Wisconsin, the company that runs them declared bankruptcy. So they're not having that anymore. And just with a bunch of bands that are going to be wanting to tour because everyone's going to be wanting to tour once 2021 hits and once we're able to start touring again, when it comes to trying to play festivals, what are you guys going to do to stand out to make sure that you get on those lineups? Shit, just give the people, not give the people, write the best music that we possibly can, put on the best shows that we possibly can, build our fan base as high as much as we can, you know, until we get to those points. But we're not stopping until we get there, man. Like, we, we are literally aiming for aftershock. That's, that's something, yeah, that's something to point out is like, uh, we just went through an album cycle that lasted two years off our previous EP, which is the one like with Psychosis on it. That's the one you listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right now we're in the middle of writing a whole new album that, and th- this is the difference though, with our previous EP and the, pr- the EP before it, uh, 
our fans knew the songs because they, before I was in the band, they were like, you know, playing shows, touring, and people already knew the songs. So when the EP, when both EPs came out, people already knew what to expect live. So it just amplified the situation where it just gave us something more to market and to, you know, uh, to, to push. But, you know, now we're in a, a, a position where our fans don't know what to expect. They don't know what's coming. And like, we're writing a whole brand new album right now. And it's probably one of like, musically speaking, it's probably one of my favorite works I've ever done. Like, creative you know creative wise like like there's songs that that there's songs where like you know i'm not i'm not trying to toot my own horn but there's songs where i like what i wrote i know is gonna is gonna touch someone's heart like because that's how i like to write i like to write you know you know off of what i'm going through you know uh physically in life or emotionally and and it, it, it shows. Um, and with the previous EPs, I never really had that much impact uh, to, to the music. Or, you know, not much uh, say because the songs were already written. I, I've helped a little bit. You could definitely hear a little bit of the the side where I where I come in. But with this new album, I feel more proud of what I wrote. Um, for the band's sake and also there's songs that ben you know when we were uh in the studio and ben was trying to write harmonies and 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 he literally like we both looked at each other whenever ben was was singing to the guitar parts and it's like it, it just fits so well and it you could definitely hear there's something different about this and we both looked at each other like we we're proud men like this is this is more than just a, an album. This is like something big that we're gonna try to do with this. So, and mm -hmm. that's the thing. No one knows what to expect, and we're very anxious to get it out and we'll, and to to see how it does when we release it. You know, and and it's the perfect time. You know, to 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 if there's anything to intervene with the band if there's anything to to prepare for it is right now because you know when shit gets back open again like we aren't taking no mercy we're going all the way with this like no matter what and like to, to you know we're going to do everything we can physically possible to, to make this band you know get to that next level because that's what we all want you know, that's something we've been craving for as, as kids, you know, you, you get inspired, you know, that's why, like Jack Black, he said in a, the movie School of Rock, he's like, one great rock show can change the world. And that stuck with me for so long. And, and it really does. It really can change the world. Um, so with that being said, everything that we're, everything that we've worked up to, to this moment, uh, creative wise, and just, and just, you know, on every aspect we're, we're we are going to do everything we can physically, you know, to make this work. And, uh, we're really excited and really proud. So, yeah. <laughs>
I'll say that's the, rant. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I'll say that's the key of it all is just you guys got new music in the works. You guys are trying to get on as many festivals as you can. And the biggest key is just to make sure that as many people know about it and are aware of it and that you are connected with as many people as possible once this live shows, once these live shows come back, once these festivals come back and once the music comes out so that it's in the, your, your band is in the minds of people before it even happens. So exactly. when it comes out, you guys are in the forefront of their minds and all of a sudden they're going to be requesting you at these festivals. They're going to be requesting you to be on tour with people. And all of a sudden these bands are not going to be able to say no anymore. These bands are going to be looking at you. They're going to be requesting you, not you requesting them. Something I see that's happening like with what happened, basically what's going to happen with Saul going forward. It was like, I can easily tell bands are going to be requesting to have Saul open up for them because they're so damn good. And you guys oh, can yeah. easily follow along suit with that, but it all depends upon how hard you grind right now and how hard you continue to grind going forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And on that note, just again, I think that perfectly wraps it up at this point. Like just keep grinding my guys. Cause if you guys went from a local band to a regional band, you're starting to move up the uh, East coast with your influence. Just keep on focusing on what you guys are and keep on grinding out because it is fucking working. Thank you. Thank you, man. It's, it's not up in here. We got more, more ground to carry cover. And you know, this won't be the first, this won't be the last you hear of us, sir. Oh, this better not be the last I hear you guys. Well, I know it's not the last I hear you because uh, Brian and Jesse Natilla from MVK Music Group are not going to let me forget you guys no matter what. Fuck yeah, that's oh, dude. dude. They're the great. They're the greatest, man. We really love Maverick and everyone who represents them, and we're very excited and pleased. And we're actually really excited to be on this podcast. So thank you for having us, man. Well, th- thanks for being on, guys. And before we send you on your merry way, and so Ben can turn that fan back on, don't worry. I totally understand because I keep seeing you like sweating and like wiping your forehead off. Earlier this year, I <laughs> well, had to be- check, I check my temperature and my fever is starting to come. So, oh, I was gonna say because I've like I thought it was like just with the fan not being on because I've dealt with um a loud air AC unit and with no AC beforehand while doing these podcasts in like ninety degree heat. So. I've sweated oh, before. Shit. Plus, I've also done a podcast the day I the day after I got my appendix removed. So that was fun. So I totally get like oh. having to go through some of this stuff. So I respect it fully. But before I send you guys on your merry way, I always like to give you guys the last like a chance to say your last words on the podcast before we uh, sign off and uh, let you guys ride into the next adventure. So you guys got any last words? Say no time. Oh, Let's go. Let's go. Uh, check out our Facebook page. Our website will be coming soon. We got merch on there. We've got uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everything. Uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon. We're on everything. Stream our music, buy our music, whatever you prefer to do. Uh, we're on everything. And be looking forward to more music coming soon. Uh, video potentially released in January. So Ooh. check that out. Jesse, finish them off. Yes. So we also, with that being said, uh, we have a brand new music video coming out. Uh, called Talladega and we don't have the exact release date on it yet uh, but it's in the works and um, we're going to be basically putting that music video on our website when that website is up and running so that way once we release it everyone knows we have a new music video out and that we have a new website out so always be on the lookout follow us we love you and and you're welcome to the Ventures family and I will close with this as I always do. So everything when it comes to following them, streaming their music, where you can buy their music, 
instead of having to look them up, all you have to do is take a look at the description of the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and iHeartRadio because I'm going to have all the links for all their crap there. And when they come out with their website and their merch, they better send it to me so I can add it to it. So if you guys are checking this out after that happens, it'll be there for you guys to check out their website, buy some merch, and whatever you do, again, like, follow, share, subscribe, uh, stream, buy all their stuff, and take a look at the bottom of this podcast episode in the video because it's going to say something like request them to be at your favorite music festival and that is a that's a call to action guys you're going to have to do it so ben and just from from ventures i want to thank you guys for being on the corporate russian podcast and i am not going to end this with a goodbye because this was so much fun i'd love to have you guys on again i'd love to see you guys play live and buy you a beer the first time i see you you are now part of the first rounds on me club and i cannot say goodbye in good conscience i'm gonna have to end with See you later. 100%. See you later, brother. Later, dog. See you guys later. Whoa, 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 folks. That's my interview with Jesse and Ben for the band Ventress out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Be sure to be on the lookout for them and be sure to request them to be featured at your local rock and metal music festival or any rock and metal music festival you'd be going to because these guys, you're going to want to assume you're, you're going to want to have them at one of those festivals and just help them out, man, because they are great guys. So again, I want to thank them for being on the show once again. And I can't wait to see these guys live. Have them back on the show in 2021. It's going to be a hoot and a holler, and it's going to be a grand old time. But that's me for me, guys. Thank you for watching and listening to the Core Progression Podcast. My name is OGD Rocks for Rock and Metal Thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one is up to the big, healthy, and hearty. See you.